Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I... Quite a tired Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. You had quite the day today, hello Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Do you want to tell us about that day? Busy day filming, just a lot of content. So much, we are doing it all for the content. We've edited together the um, Wrestle Ramble Extra as well, which will have gone live by the time you are hearing this if you are a Patreon backer. It has went live on Friday for you sweet, sweet $5 pledge hammers. It is our three and a quarter hour review. So how long it was? Three Blimey. and a quarter hour review of ECW One Night Stand. That is 45 minutes longer than the pay-per-view itself. Wouldn't have it any other way because what a goddamn pay-per-view. If you want to hear about me and Luke just wax lyrical about an entire show and then one match in particular, I've got a five-star, one of my favourite matches of all time. I don't hand out the five stars that often. This show has one. And you wouldn't think it, but it still stands up today as a five-star match. I haven't stopped thinking about it. I have not stopped thinking about it. It's but... like my new favourite song. <laughs> But if you listen to uh, the podcast that came out on Wednesday, our SmackDown review, you might have heard a bit of a somber intro to that show because Muggins over here made a bit of a balls up and I managed to delete the intro and outro uh, Matt Hardy style. Um, basically, while doing, we were doing so much recording of the Rest Ramble Extra, I just lost the different files, and then I wiped the card, and it was gone forever. I do have to give a good shout-out, though, to um, Andrew Holmes, who had the Chavo Classic email, because he just replied to the email he'd sent, be like, don't have to search for it now, I've put it back into your inbox. Ah, that is helpful. That was very smart. No one else did that. I had to find the other ones. It wasn't that difficult, I'll be honest, but I, had, I still had to find them. You had to type... A few letters. Oh, you don't know how full my inbox is. If you actually, unless you search crap gimmicks, then it does look very full. But otherwise, it's mostly empty. It's just a few business, business, business things, and you. So, do you want to hear Andrew Holmes's email again, Ollie Davis? But everyone else gets to hear it for the first time. Yes, I can't wait. I've, I have actually forgotten who sent what, <laughs> but I'm sure as soon as, as soon as you read the first line, I'll know what it is. So, this is from Andrew Holmes. Hello, Lulliver Doins. Oh, yep. You remember that? So he's combined our names. It's the Bradgelina. <gasps> Jen. 
I know. Oh, We're yeah, just playing about... up all the same jokes we made in that deleted forever to be lost intro. Oh, oh Jen. Uh, so he is emailed in about meeting Chavo Classic. When I was a young boy, my friend and I went to a local wrestling show, EWF. We got to meet some cool wrestlers like Joey Ryan, pre-Dick Flip, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and Sanjay Dutt. However, meeting Chavo Classic has always stuck out because it was funny. Should I retell my um, Greg the Hammer Valentine? Well, it's not my Greg the Hammer Valentine story. It's Honky Tonk Man's uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine story. Why not? So Honky Tonk Man says in the shoot interview that he will never take ice at a motel out of one of those um, uh, giant freezers that you get ice in. Like ice dispensers, I suppose you would call them. Because he once saw Greg the Hammer Valentine having a little whiz in one of them. And he's, he, he, in his true Honky Tonk Man is like, you can tell me you didn't do it, but I saw you do it. I saw you in my own eyes. And so he will never do that. So I'm actually going by the honk. That's always popped into my mind whenever I've seen anyone with ice. So uh, let's go back to Andrew Holmes's email. Before the show, my friend and I ran into Chavo and asked him for an autograph. And he smiled and said, absolutely, once the show is over. What a nice guy. He's just busy. Absolutely. He wrestled a Doink the Clown impersonator. What a show this sounds like. And won. After the show, we ran up to him elated. Chavo had won. We asked him for his John Hancock. And he looks at us and says... No Harblow English, and literally runs away. I was hurt at the time, but now find now find it funny. Love the show. Thank you for your beautiful. Thank you for being your beautiful selves. That's from Andrew Holmes. So Chavo was a heel. Was he playing a heel? Oh, well, I mean, if he's facing Doink the Clown, depends on which Doink you're going up yeah, against. Yeah, there's many Doinks. Unless you're going up against ba 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 ba, or you're going up against ba 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 ba. Both terrifying in their own way. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I mean, that that is good. So he actually said, no hablo English, yeah, or no hablo ingles. Well, he's written English in the email, and wow. I, I'm not a Spanish speaker, and El Fecador isn't here to ask. So yeah, I well, don't... it sounds like Chavo Guerrero, Chavo Classic, rather, just gave up on, <laughs> on the lie halfway through. That's how little he cared about you. I mean, he literally pulled a Shinsuke Nakamura on you. Mm. He did Shinsuke Nakamura's gimmick before it was cool. Or massive heat backstage if Nakamura's stealing a gimmick. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we also have an update from Jaron Walker about his date. An update. An update about the date. So this is from Jaron Walker. Who I mean, you're going to like him anyway because, you know, on Google Mail, you've got a little profile picture. His is uh, the CM Punk holding up the lightning bolts. Oh, let it go. He's never coming back. I hate CM Punk. I don't I really like it. <laughs> Respect what he's done. So Jaron Walker. Um, if you remember Jaron Walker, he was the guy who had met a, uh, he describes, a very pretty lady wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt. And he did make the uh, the cutting remark that she was pretty for someone who wears a Bullet Club t-shirt, which I really liked. Mm. And uh, they went out on a date. But we were a bit concerned that he'd already thought that they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Or that it was a date a romantic date at all and not just going out as friends exactly only met like two weeks before going out to well tell us tell us where they went absolutely so Jaron Walker writes hey guys so I just got home from my date about an hour ago this was five days ago so five days and an hour ago and I'm excited to tell you that it went well I heard both of your concerns earlier this morning and I just wanted to reassure you guys that I know for a fact that this girl isn't officially my girlfriend or anything that would be a little creepy. However, I took her to the Cheesecake Factory for lunch and we had a great conversation about random funny things, surprisingly not about wrestling. I drove her home, 
kissed her goodbye, and drove off. We made plans to go out to a theme park near my house in a few days, so I'm pretty excited for the future. And bear in mind, if that's a few days, and this email was sent five days ago... That could be now. That could have been... Yeah, they might have already done that. What a roller coaster of a relationship. Nice. See what you did there. I see what you did there. See, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I thought that scene in space when uh, the, the robot was there. Oh, yeah. I had a thought of that. You were so excited <laughs> at the, the pun. I did. It was very you good. You forgot how to speak. P.S. I never mentioned what opinions my date had about wrestling in the previous email, which Luke mentioned as he read my email out. So just to clear the air of wonder, she thinks that SmackDown is the most entertaining show to watch on a weekly basis, stating that, quote, even NXT can drag sometimes. Hard woman to please. And her favourite current wrestler just happens to be Ricochet, which is disappointing because now I have to explain to my mother that I'm dating a Mark. Cheers, guys. Also disappointing because... You're going to feel somewhere in the back of your head that you're not Ricochet. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone is doing the sort of flips that Ricochet does on a daily Mm. basis. I mean, he's probably not flipping his way to school. What's what's Ricochet's relationship like? Like, how does that bedroom go down? (laughs) Is that just flipping all over the place or is that when he's... He likes to take his feet off. Yeah, it's just just Spanish flies everywhere. Yeah, good Lord. (laughs) Um, So... So I'm just trying to figure out the timeline here. Mm. So Jaron read or listened to our concern about his date and us saying it's not a romantic date. Don't get sucked in. Then he had the date just just later that day. And then within an hour of getting home, had already clicked send on the email to us. And had kissed her as well. And had kissed her. But, and Ooh. he was very excited for the future of them going out. So, I mean, if he had to drive home and then write an email, yeah, that checks out about five minutes for the other thing yeah. that would happen. <laughs> uh, can I just read this one uh, email very quickly? Can, can we not just clap Jared oh, sorry, for, absolutely. for kissing a girl? <laughs> well done. It's not, it's not for everyone, but he, you know... Yeah. Fair play to you, sir. Uh, This email's from Brandon. This is actually kind of directed slightly to you. Mm. Hey, guys. Enjoyed the mailbag show today, which is actually last week's episode, but I have a bit of a nitpick for you. Jessica Simpson was not in Southland Tales. However, you (sighs) may be thinking of Sarah Michelle Gellar or Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore is who I'm thinking of. There you go. I impulsively bought a copy of the film at a flea market about two years ago after getting drunk and watching it with my roommate. It became one of my favourites. Oh, so you're that guy we love hey. how we love how awful it is and now hey. our whole friend group quotes bits from it all the time i personally watch the film at least once or twice a month no. just for the lols i guess you would say it's got the room levels of admiration among us fun fact the city that gets spoilers the city that gets nuked in southland tales is abilene texas i grew up in midland which is about two hours away anyway keep up the consistently great work brandon powell from texas and Midland is also the hometown of President George W. Bush. Former President George. I don't know how it works in America. Do you always have to call them president if they were ever president? I think so, because isn't that the joke in like The Simpsons when George Bush moves in next door? They keep calling him President Bush. What a weird country America is. It is a weird country full just of... got some weird things. It's full of just weird people who are doing really deplorable things, like watching Southland Tales once or twice a month for the lulls. Yeah. It's not the room, mate. What are you talking about? But that's why I love America, because mm. of all that weirdness. Um, I, So that that's extreme. I mean, I haven't seen it for a while. 
and I don't I have an unironic appreciation for the film I actually think it's quite fascinating I don't know how you can't watch the Justin Timberlake song musical sequence and not sit back and go what the f is happening here I'm enjoying the heckins out of it and like when two cars have sex with each other <laughs> it's like okay right I, whatever this is it's something that somehow got made to quite a big budget degree. I'm happy this exists. Was, uh, Richard Kelly was the director as well. That we That's could, it. We couldn't think of it last week, and neither of us thought to research that. And actually, and contrary to what usually happens, no one pointed that out in the comments mm. either. That's just something I've remembered then. Why well, I think it's because everyone forgot about him. Because <laughs> he made Donnie Darko, then he made South and Tails, then he made The Box... And yes, that's the did. last I ever heard that's of That's right. It's a Richard Matheson. They did it as a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, I mean, you have a look at his IMDb. Googling things live on air. That's what we do. Oh, oh no. That's, they had been just characters on that one. Do you remember the sequel they did to Donnie Darko? S- Straight to DVD. Yeah, S. Darko. About his sister, was it? That's right, indeed. Yeah. Yes, director, five credits. The Box was the last thing that he did. It's Donnie Darko, Southland Tales, The Box in Whoa, 2009. Nine. And nothing since. Nine years ago. Yeah, man. Like, what a shame. What a shame. Because he was like, Richard Kelly was like the hottest thing mm. when Donnie Darko came out, man. And I loved Donnie Darko. I can't tell you why I loved it now. Like, I think if I watched it now, I'd be like, that's fine. It's uh, it's good. It's good. It is a, it is a good movie. It's a good movie of its time, though. Like it was a very time. It's actually this might be sound a bit controversial. I have the same opinion of Donnie Darko as I do Pulp Fiction. I think Pulp Fiction was revolutionary in 1994, but is not aged particularly well in 2018. Ooh, it's got a swagger. It's got a cool about it. It's not I disagree. It's not that much fun to watch now. When I was a student, couldn't think of anything better. But now, and I'm re-watching it, specifically watching it with my wife who had never seen it before. It's baggy. So, so baggy. There's mm. so much that can be cut out of it, and it's a much tighter and better film if you did. That's interesting, you know. Well, shall we get on with the main show? Well, we're talking about the biggest news of the week, and that is Big Cass's release from WWE just two days after his Money in the Bank match against Daniel Bryan, which he lost quite decisively, just like he did against the ba- for Backlash, where he tapped out again. So he tapped out in two consecutive pay-per-view cycles, but he was still featured in a very main event feud. This was Daniel Bryan's first singles feud since coming out of retirement for two to three years or whatever it was. That's one of the biggest things you could do with with a with a guy like Big Cass and Big Cass himself just returning from injury very very bizarre are you going to miss him am i going to miss him so yeah i don't know cuz i it always sucks to see someone lose their job like you certainly never want to wish someone gets fired from a company because like that's how they make their living so that's never a cool thing but i don't think i'm going to miss him cutting promos about being tall because that's all he was really doing since he's come back mm. and it was something i was getting a bit tired of so that I certainly won't miss. But I was curious as to where they were going to go with him after losing those two Daniel Bryan pay-per-view matches. But it's quite evident now, now that he has been released, that it was almost punishment, uh, him losing at Money in the Bank. It's almost like maybe he was initially scheduled to win, but then with all of these issues and mm. whatnot, he has been let go. But this is, I mean, this was your news story, so you were able to dive more into this. Yeah, I, I'll uh, try and give a bit of context on the possible reported reasons why Big Cass was released from WWE and this uh, well, of course Cass used to be part of a tag team with Enzo Amore 
They were awesome together. I love them. They didn't get the sort of push they deserved, really. They could have been Dudley Boy-level popularity. I said when they were in NXT, they are the next New Age Outlaws. Yeah, yeah, they were so good. Enzo was, like, carried that act by himself, really. But Big Cass just, it worked. They, they, they were more than the sum of their parts together. I mean, you and I were at NXT TakeOver London, and of those four tag teams that they had, they were the most over-tag team in that, mm. like, by some distance as well. Like, everyone was super into them winning the tag titles on that night. Yes, and when they were split up and Big Cass was booked to turn heel on Enzo Amore, you kind of like, oh, man. I wish he didn't do that because there was a lot more gas left in this tank. But okay, Enzo Amore is reportedly an absolute nightmare to deal with backstage. So you've got this big guy who Vince McMahon is obviously very high on. In fact, it's been reported since. He was very specifically high on Big Cass because he's tall and he's got a, he's got a good look. That. Exactly. And you get him away. Turning him heel on Enzo is a way to push Big Cass away from the heat magnet of Amore. But then, like, there were reports last year about Cass not being particularly well-liked in the locker room because of his political views. He was a quite overt Trump supporter. And while there were, you know, I'm sure there's people on both sides of the political spectrum there, Trump was, uh, sorry, uh, Cass was apparently quite blazing about it. So that was the first sort of bit of inkling that something might be awry. Then he is, uh, he's split up with Carmella. Yes. Uh, which is another thing. Carmella is on SmackDown. They're on the same brand. So that can't be, you know, that's another, nothing has gone super wrong yet, but that's this is just the journey of what's happened. And then he comes back from injury and he's got this feud with Daniel Bryan and it's an angle in Montreal. It's the go-home angle for Backlash and Big Cass goes to attack a little person dressed as Daniel Bryan. So, you know, it's part of this, I'm a big guy, you're tiny, I can bully you gimmick. And Big Cass asked backstage if he could give the big boot and then continue beating down the little person. He thought that would be a good way to get more heat. And to be honest, I've got to agree with him. I've got to agree with him as well. Yeah, I thought that would have been a good heel angle. And it was a good heel angle because that's what he did. Even though the backstage officials said no. And Cass apparently said well, I really want to do it. And they're like, okay, let's escalate this to Vince McMahon himself. And Vince McMahon also said no. Because I guess WWE is a different company these days. They're more PR-minded. They don't want to have an angle of someone beating up a little person that much. Big boot, fine, just one shot, but, you know, beating them down, not the best visual. But Big Cass does it anyway. And just six days later, at Backlash, he is beaten... Decisively by Brian. Tapping out. Yeah, in just like a seven-minute nothing match. And then he's not on the next week's SmackDown. And maybe that was, you know, slap on the wrist. And then he's back. He's cutting these I'm tall promos. He's feuding with Daniel Bryan again. Then he cost Daniel Bryan a match. He cost him his money in the bank. Well, they, yeah. they, the storyline was that he cost him because he'd like beat him down the week prior. And it was the injuries that Bryan mm. had suffered was why he couldn't beat Rusev. And that was when WWE were doing the angle of, is this the end for Daniel Bryan? Which they then forgot about the week following. That, and I tell you what, I haven't thought about this until now. There was a, This was during the time of the European tour. And if you remember, Big Cass, it was weird because Big Cass was injured. Like he, he would be hobbling around the ring and he'd be selling an injury. And that's why there was a Big Cass versus Samoa Joe Money in the Bank qualifier match. But that was pulled on the day of SmackDown for Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe announcement for the next week. Yes. 
And everyone was like, oh, so Big Cass is injured. But then Cass returns. He's like, oh, I'm injured. And I'm... But then he's not injured and he inserts himself to make it a three-way. And it was that was a fun match, I thought. But there's been the two reports from Pro Wrestling Sheet and I think... I can't remember the other one. But Pro Wrestling Sheet. And they have... They found out that Big Cass had personal conduct issues. It was Sports Illustrated. Allegedly. Allegedly, uh, that's one of the reasons he was released from WWE. And it was, he drank a lot on the European tour and he was a difficult person. He had a bad attitude when drunk. Uh, One of the stories was that he, on the WWE tour bus, he was using the toilet. The toilet lock was broke. He couldn't get out. He thought he was being ribbed. I mean, that's not out of, you, you know, it's understandable. And uh, panicked, you know, as you kind of would be. I want to get out of this toilet on a bus. That one of the worst places there. Yeah, he breaks open the door because he is seven foot tall. He can do stuff like that. But then everyone else on that bus had to use a toilet with no door, which mm. is problematic. Some people were understanding the report said. Others people were understandably upset that this had happened. So, I I mean, it's difficult because all there's nothing here that Big Cass has done that's come out where I'm like, you know, that's... Sure, he sounds difficult, but I'm kind of... That these are all grey areas. Like, the Vince McMahon's always like, go into business for yourself. I respect you if you've got cojones. And here's Big Cass saying, I want to be a bigger heel. I'm going to go and do this. And then he gets punished for it. And then there's this other incident where it's, you know, it's a guy trapped in a in an enclosed space. I can I can see why you would want to break out of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it, it's that the Vince thing I find very interesting as well. Like from what Brian Alvarez said on Twitter, that the word that he had heard, the word that he had heard, is that Vince just essentially called a meeting at SmackDown Live and just like announced he's gone. Big Cass is gone and, and we're moving on. And, uh, and that, that's what he had heard. The Vince one I found very interesting because, as you say, there's always this rhetoric. Vince McMahon himself said it on Steve Austin's podcast. The problem with today's crop of talent is no one is trying to grab the brass ring. No one is stepping up. No one is challenging me on my creative ideas everyone is just doing what i say everyone is just you know everyone is just a yes man that's the problem with the people like cesaro people like seamus listing off you know and and that's why and so the brass rings thing became a running joke amongst the locker room by all accounts there were wrestlers on twitter who often made brass joke uh, brass ring jokes you know it was it was very much a public thing that they made fun of and then, like they, they got this this attitude of like, well, you shouldn't walk on eggshells backstage. You should really stand up for yourself, stand up for what your character believes in you, and we'll fight for your character. And then, when someone does it, they get fired or they get punished, and then get fired. So you're like, well, it's no wonder no one tries to be anything other than what they're told to be. Like Finn Balor is just like smile in front of the camera. If he's like, well, no, it makes me look stupid. Like, Don't get smile. Because mm. if you ta- if you say no, smile, monkey. Yeah, exactly. If you Do say, it. if you say no, you might lose your job. Mm. It's it's very interesting, and I and I feel like the the reaction amongst fans to Big Cass being fired is you know like wow he was in that feud that we were not enjoying he was being pushed beyond his means isn't SmackDown better now he's gone and you know it is to me that's not Big Cass's fault that's no. the booking of Big Cass yes. I, th- I I I I there's something there with him and 
Enzo has done a lot of interviews. And these two cases are interlinked for me. Enzo's done a lot of interviews recently, um, mostly with the Store Horseman podcast. Uh, done some good stuff with them. And he's been talking very candidly about how he wrote all his own promos. And I thought, God, what a what an invaluable talent that is to have on your roster. Someone who can write promos that well. Potentially they could write for other people. They could transition into becoming a producer. And they can kind of wrestle. Uh, or at least become a manager. Like... That's something WWE is in desperate need of, really good promos. And it's coming from the wrestler. And here's Big Cass, who's, who's pitching ideas that are also coming from the wrestler. And that you, it's... Amore and Cass, I know they, by all accounts, very difficult to deal with backstage. But it's just an example of, you've got to take the smooth with the chaff sometimes, because what's making them difficult to deal with backstage might be linked to how talented they are and what they can contribute to the product. Well, look, what is one of the most overacts in WWE? Like, not just per brand, one of the most overacts in WWE is the New Day. Mm. Like, they are a massive merchandise seller. They're incredibly over with the fans. They re- they appeal to kids. They appeal to adults. They are a re- they're a great, great team. To the point when, whenever they talk about possibly splitting them up, I'm like, don't do that. That's an idiotic decision. You're making so much money off them together. All the stuff that they do, they do themselves. Like that, they write their own material, and they 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 come up with their backstage skits. They come up with the breakfast cereal thing. They come up with the pancakes. They come up with like up up down down. Like this is all them driving this thing, and it's in, it works, and that's because they gave the the talent the creative license to do this thing. Everyone loved last year the fashion files. Yeah, everyone loved the fashion files. That was Breezango. That was them working with other people to create these skits that people really liked. I mean, what can you say about Finn Balor since he's come like since he's come back from a injury? What has Finn Balor done mm. that that creative gave him? Yeah, I, I've got nothing for you. Yeah, yeah, well, like it, creative. It, have. it was the, the the Bray Wyatt um, sister Abigail feud. I mean, that's that's about the only thing he's worth of, he's done that's worth of note, and no one liked it mm. because it was very bad. And it it is just I, I I go back to that that eggshells thing of walking on eggshells, and it's why you hear these reports of everyone just backstage just being like just do what you're told just be a yes man and then on the same segment that you got Vince McMahon going like well no one's challenging me like that's that's the problem with the talent of today yeah it's 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 really disappointing I'm I'm sad that Big Cass has gone I, I I actually am I thought he had more to contribute and I definitely thought he had more to contribute with Enzo Amore and I guess to finally address 12 minutes in what next for Big Cass surely Enzo and Big Cass teaming up on the Indies. Enzo, he was announced for House House of something. It was it's a, it's a wrestling New York one. Yeah, it's yeah. a wrestling promotion. We a actually, show. We actually got an email from someone who works on that show to say that Enzo was booked. Oh, okay. And then he pulled out, but it seems like he's in again now. So Enzo is going to be making a wrestling his first wrestling appearance uh, since January when he was released by WWE around August time. Big Cass. I mean, it's interesting how this release. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I can't remember, it was WrestleVotes, pointed out, isn't it weird how no one has... But the, we haven't had that post-WrestleMania spring cleaning of talent yet. Mm. And then he then he said, probably wait until so-and-so date, because so-and-so date means the next time they could work for another promotion is September the 2nd. Is after all in. The day after all in. And... You know, maybe Big Cass was actually due to be let go a couple of weeks back, but they just recycled the feud with Brian because it was just copy and paste. And then, but you go. gotta wonder though, because like 
Big Cass going to the Indies is certainly an option, and Big Cass teaming with Enzo on the Indies is certainly an option. And there are a, there's quite a few talents that have left WWE and have found great success outside of it and are making more money than they would have done had they stayed in WWE. Cody is the the best example of this. Ray is doing great. Jericho is doing very well for himself. Jericho, like you listen to him in interviews, whether it's in character or not, is like, oh man, I'm, the money that I make from doing these shows is like it's incredible it's to the point where i now have to turn down a lot of shows because they're just not offering me the money that i could make elsewhere so there are talents like that however there's also the other side of that coin which is the ww talents who left that haven't done as well your your rybacks your, your simon gotchas your there's a litany jack swagger yeah exactly there's a litany of these people that have gone to the indies and are essentially have gone backwards have gone very very far backwards and haven't made a name for themselves at all and you've got to wonder now whether Enzo and Cass, together as a team, can find enough goodwill from a wrestling audience, given the 2018 that the two of them have had. Can they find goodwill enough to find that 20, like that 2015, that 2016 love that people had for them on an, on an independent level? I'm telling you, man. Enzo Amore and Big Cass, heel tag team, Ring of Honor, take my money i think they they come in and they they pull that act so everything you loved about them in nxt they're just douchebags about it now and then eventually people will like them so much they can go back to being nxt with the the stabilizers off and enzo can cut really like scathing promos that i assume he's more than capable of listening to that rap song yeah uh Did you see something gotcha's comments about that I saw that he wasn't a fan. He was not. Well, I mean, I don't think you could find many people that were a fan, but his comments were very, very kind of scathing of him, which is like, it's so irresponsible mm. to write that song because that girl clearly needed some um, medical help and sort of professional advice, not a rap song diss about her that'll probably just make her worse. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But at the same time, if Enzo really was yeah. falsely accused and, and lost a job over it and then has you know ruined his life for the last six months, I can also, I don't, I can see why one would be so angry to write a stupid song. I was going to say, well, you know, Ken Barlow of Coronation Street was also wrongly accused of um, sexual assault. He didn't write a rap song off the back of it, though. It's Ken Barlow. <laughs> uh, I've just got one more thing I want to say on Big Cass. Was it Ken Barlow? And it's a bit of a, it's a weird conspiracy theory. It wasn't Kevin Barlow. It wasn't Kevin Barlow. It was someone, it was someone else. else. It was Kevin Webster. Right. Uh, this was, yeah. So earlier this year, there was a rumour when uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella broke up. Oh, this is... Okay, so, fun fact for you here. This one was a, a, a little bit of, n- like, a nugget of conspiracy theory that Ollie dropped on me the other day. And, pff, I mean, just just prepare yourself for this one. No, I'm not saying... I haven't read this anywhere. I'm not saying this is this in is any way true. This conjecture. is just... This is... When... So, earlier this year, when uh, Nikki Bella and John Cena broke up, yeah, in quotes... Uh, there was a rumour that came out from quite a few reputable places uh, independently of each other that John Cena was dating a total Divas star. And just by the process of elimination of of who's got, uh, who, of who's, you know, sort of engaged and married to other people and who's not the Bellas, it's Carmella. So there was this rumour that John Cena and Carmella are seeing each other. And as soon as I read that, so, and this was way before any heat or Big Cass had even returned. I I just got a, a pang in me went, I bet Big Cass hasn't got long left then. And that also, as well, I just remembered, that news coincided with her winning the SmackDown Women's Championship. Mm. 
Mm. It's just, it's you know, we're not saying anything. It's just these things uh, uh, d- did happen at the same time. And there is a history of, is it, was Kenny Dykstra when John Cena had the affair with uh, Mickey James and then Kenny Dykstra kind of was unceremoniously dumped from the company. There's there's was a track it, uh, record y- here. The man from Crime Time. Yep, JTG. Yes. If you if you get on a side of Cena that it you you do kind of get buried or released in the company. And yeah, it was just with that in mind with that in my mind and that happened. And then like I mean, I'm not saying that it's just I'm just laying out the timeline here. All of a sudden Big Cass is drinking. I've never heard any reports of Big Cass being a problem backstage drinking. I know when I broke up with my uh, like an ex-girlfriend and they start they finally moved on i started drinking quite heavily and going out a lot more and being a more general douchebag for a couple of months so i'm just i'm just saying that that was it's curious isn't it mm, it is curious yeah. i mean i i don't want to um, speculate further on that because i i we don't know enough information and i don't want to add any so just add my personal experience and i'm i'm laying it on on what's happened mm. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. So another news story in this week, and one that I thought was particularly interesting. This is a real interesting This one. is a really interesting one. And there's nothing in this that is conjecture, because this is something that the company themselves have announced. So, last week, Sinclair Broadcasting made the big announcement that Ring of Honor were going to do their biggest show ever 
and it was going to be at Madison Square Garden. They didn't announce what date it was, but the big rumor and innuendo was it was going to be over WrestleMania weekend because that is in the what's well, in New Jersey, but they're calling it New York because WWE don't like New Jersey. It's the New York area. It's the New York area, exactly. So they then and so they're going to do their show in um, uh, Madison Square Garden on the Saturday, competing against NXT, which will be in the Barclays Center because WWE only do like one or two shows from Madison Square Garden these days. And they certainly don't do anything. They're just house shows because well, they're big house big shows. Big house shows, exactly. Undertaker will appear. Brock Lesnar will have They'll special do a, appearances. A title change. Yeah. At them, AJ Styles won it last year. So they do these sorts of things. Now, Madison Square Garden and WWE have got a very, very, very tight relationship. In fact, as I was reading today, a no other wrestling organization has done a show at Madison Square Garden in a century. That's Since the nineteen twenties. That's yeah. how in the in bed with each other they are like no like wcw tried to run a show in 1994 because they had hulk hogan and rick flair for the world title on the card and madison square garden agreed to it two weeks after it was announced they announced that the show had been cancelled and wouldn't you know it wwf ran a show on the exact same date instead um and that's where diesel uh, i think diesel won the wwf championship instead so they they have a sort of a history with these things anyway so ring of honor announced this big show that they're going to be doing at madison square garden and dave Meltzer reported shortly after that announcement that there was already behind the scenes work in wwe to get that show cancelled and yesterday at the these we're recording this on thursday so yesterday being wednesday ring of honor c-e-c-o-o um his name escapes me now joe cuff joe cuff thank you uh i'm just gonna mention right down <coughs> joe <coughs> <laughs> nice joe cuff uh told mike johnson of pw insider we're not doing the show anymore madison square garden contacted us and said that we are they pulled us from the date and because WWE contacted them and asked them to pull the show. And he said, we're not going to speak any more on this because we, you know, we're not allowed to. So I don't want to instigate anything. Um, but Dave Meltzer also wrote that they are planning um, a legal action. Or at least there's been talks of some possible legal action. Now, what's interesting is that Madison Square Garden agreed to the date, but no contract was signed. So all they've got is a verbal agreement. So that's, I think, I mean, I'm no lawyer. It's going to be very hard in a, in a in a court of law to kind of like uphold or anything like that. But this is once again WWE sort of putting their weight and saying that they're the only wrestling promotion that can run Madison Square Garden and nobody else can. And Ring of Honor are already looking for other venues in New York to run that date instead. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like, and apparently what Meltzer wrote in the Observer is that it only took one call. It was one call to um to madison square garden and it wasn't even from vince mcmahon it was just from a higher up and the show got cancelled it's something something is up there yeah it's uh it's weird because this isn't the this will be two years now where wwe and ring of honor have butted heads legally and last time ring of honor won it was when WWE essentially went Carl O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Donovan Dijak, War Machine, War Machine, Bobby Fish. They were all Ring of Honor guys. And they were like, yeah, yeah, just come come over to us when your contract's up. You're not allowed to do that. It's contract tampering in the United States. Apparently it's fine over here. Um, and they, yeah, they, Ring of Honor were like, because Ring of Honor is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting as a company, as potentially evil as it is, way bigger than WWE. And they were like, no, you can't do that. And all Sinclair's lawyers were like, don't do that. And that's why all those wrestlers, O'Reilly, Cole, Fish, were in limbo. They just disappeared from the Indies. Well, not the Indies, but like the main 
New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, they just disappeared for six months and they didn't debut in NXT until the summer when the heat had died off from, from all the contract tampering allegations. And now this year, we've got it around Madison Square Garden. And I, from what I'd read uh, previously, Madison Square Garden were annoyed with WWE because they were running all their big shows in the Barclays Center now. And the Barclays Center is like MSG's big competitor. But it's cheaper to run Barclays than it is MSG. More seats as well. Yeah, yeah, you can make more money on it. So it makes total sense. But the, that that's why MSG started to entertain offers from Ring of Honor, from AAA. I was say, AAA, was, AAA announced they were going to be running a show next year. From, oh, no, it was from, this year. It was September. Oh, was it really? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, they also announced they were going to do one next year as well in 2019. Right. But I'd imagine both of those shows probably aren't going to happen now. Because mm. if, if WWE, all they have to do is just make one call... One call, then, then that's it. Like they they can't do any shows there. They've you know they've essentially monopolised the market. Yeah, really, really interesting. And it'll it'll be interesting to see how Sinclair react to this one. Well, uh, apparently, the word is that they were furious, really furious that it, that, it, that the show has about to be cancelled. Because I didn't read about the Ring of Honor show, the big show, uh, <laughs> the big show, their their largest show ever, or whatever it was. I, from Joe Coff. I read about that from Sinclair's top executive. It was. It was the Sinclair CEO. Yeah, yeah. Like in an interview with the Baltimore whatever. And yeah, that was him saying, well, you know, certain things have happened. All in, sold out 10,000 seats. This huge deal with Fox that SmackDown has just made but for a billion dollars. Of course, the other TV companies are going to go, what wrestling stuff do we have? Oh, we've got a Ring of Honor over here. Surely we can do something with that to to kind of tap into this big revenue stream. So now that that was part of them, they were gonna. They talked about upscaling all their production uh, values and stuff like that to make it look like a more expensive show. Because as great as Ring of Honor is, that that production quality is lacking quite heavily. When you look, it, impact is far and far and beyond Ring of Honor in my opinion for for how it looks aesthetically. Uh, so yeah, it'll be very very interesting to see if Sinclair take on WWE in this. If you want to send in your crap gimmicks, send me an email, luke at wrestletalk.com. If you're new to the show, Crap Gimmicks is our fun little feature where you send us your crap gimmicks to go into crap gimmick wrestling. So far, we've had people like the Fishmonger, who's your favourite, Prof Wrestler got signed last week, Beastmaster, WrestleBot 1000, and we've got an amazing artist now who is doing these brilliant like trading card drawings uh, for us. He's actually the one he's done for Prof Wrestler is superb. He's got a wonderful little pun on the guy's t-shirt. I think it's it's, it's awesome. We'll have it out soon. Yeah, we will have being worked uh, on. That's what she said. Chris Tillett, his name is. Yes, Lewis. No, Lewis Tillett. Lewis Tillett. Lewis Tillett. <laughs> Lewis Tillett. <laughs> He's also on Patreon. Um, so we have got three crap gimmicks for you. Okay, now, I haven't heard these. Now, if you have sent me them and we have not read them out, I do apologise. I have got a big backlog of them. So it's a very popular segment. It is indeed. Like as soon as the, when I know this episode has gone live, because all of a sudden my inbox gets full with uh, crap gimmick suggestions. So this one comes in from Deshaun Black, and he has suggested Maximum Break, the Underground Street Snooker Champion. Maximum Break. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a 90s action movie mm -hmm. just from Maximum Break. Yeah, starring Diana Reeves. Okay, by the way, I'm already quite into this because I love snooker. 
Maximum Break is a bald, six-foot, roided-up, oh. snooker-playing wrestling beast who sports a snazzy, dapper waistcoat and some shiny shoes. Maximum Break doesn't enter the arena until the MC has gone through a long-witted introduction. While this is going on, you can see Maximum holding his cue, psyching himself up backstage, ready to enter. Maximum has a submission hold, which he is banned from using, where he grabs both of his opponent's arms and sticks his knee into their back. This puts his opponent in great pain but because their arms aren't free to tap out they are effectively snookers mm. that is maximum break oh is that it oh okay oh, i thought there was a lot more mileage in the in the gimmick i saw him as a kind of peter ebton snooker player where he would get out of the ring and look at all the angles yes. for ages setting up his shots this, unfortunately, there is there is a little bit more to this, but I felt that the more uh, Deshaun said, the further he got away from the the mm. snooker gimmick. There is some mileage in a. I love the visual of like a Brock Lesnar, a Lars Sullivan <laughs> type wrestler, and you'd make you give him a yeah. snooker gimmick. Yeah, There's and it's so much mileage in that. And he'd come to the ring with his snooker cue, and he just put it on the on the side, and you know, well, that's an illegal weapon that's going to get used later. And he can extravagantly put the cue together in the middle, twisting it on. Oh, he's a bit further away than he should be. I'm going to need to get the telescopic extension, put that on the back, and then jump right in the exactly. in the gut. Uh, and, and, and work on that, this Sean Black, because maximum break. I really like the first line of what you said <laughs> but there's so much more that you haven't tapped into yes I can so that's a no well we'll decide at the end um steven zuchich has sent in a female wrestler her name is aurora rose she comes down in a dress similar to lana when she wrestles rose has insomnia oftentimes when people put her in a head um her in head-based submissions she'll nod off because of her condition she doesn't stay asleep long they'll do a three they'll do a count to three before she wakes up and gets out when she wakes she goes into a hulk hogan type rage where she is basically untouchable this is why she's known as the insomniac uh rose saying uh rose's sayings are usually puns like telling doubting management not to sleep on her telling people flirting with her in your dreams or telling her opponents she's putting their lights out her finishes are the brer lock which is a modified sleeper hold uh, and the sleeping beauty which is a go to sleep mm. so that is aurora rose a uh, insomniac essentially although it feels that that's more like a kleptomaniac if they're just falling asleep no narcoleptic kleptomaniac steals things steals things that's right yes yes yeah, so i was thinking the exact same thing this is a narcoleptic gimmick uh but that's that's got mileage as a narcoleptic gimmick yes. i thought that'd be quite funny because then they could they could have but it wouldn't be them falling asleep it would be them putting on a submission but them falling asleep in the submission themselves and the referee would then raise yep. her arm who's yeah uh what do you think i think there are some I, I don't understand the dress part of it um like wearing a uh, clothes similar to lana it almost feels like they should be wearing almost like like satin um bed like a nightgown like yeah. a nightgown yeah um, I think there is some stuff in there that works. I particularly like the Hulk Hogan like rage out thing. Yeah, and so it feels like you started with Insomnomaniac and then worked backwards from there. Yeah, and and I appreciate that level of contrived contriveness. Uh, or actually, maybe you know, like the the nineteenth century cliche bed thing where you've got the big sleepy hat on. You're talking about uh, and M- the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, and the big pajamas. Yeah. That would be better. And it wouldn't be objectifying, because that is a very unflattering look for, a, for anyone. 
Um, one more we've got here from Andy Power. It's a great name. It's a great name. My crap gimmick is a heel character called the Barman Barney Tender. Bartender. <laughs> now, I'll be honest. We did get another email suggestion in for a like another bartender type gimmick, but I thought this one was better. Um, I imagine him as a rough middle-aged three hundred pound guy in a shirt, trousers, and most importantly, an apron slash penny. His finishing move would be a knockout maneuver like a punt kick and call it closing time, or a power bomb like maneuver called the Jaeger bomb. Copyright pending. When he comes to the ring, he could offer out bottles of beer to the audience, but refuse them service because of their rowdy behavior or his belief is they are not of age to purchase alcohol he can he, he may even go as far as to take drinks off the audience because they've quote had enough in matches barney could conceal seal wep- conceal weapons in his apron like a corkscrew or a sugar glass bottle to use when the ref is not looking similar to regal and his brass knucks i like this a lot uh i really like the glass bottle that you can smash on people as well. Yeah, it's like Jarrett's uh, guitar. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd make it a glass... What, what's it called again? Uh, the sugar glass. Is it sugar, sugar glass, glass that yeah. breaks easily? I think that's actually what he's... Yeah, uh, sugar yeah. glass, but a pint glass. Oh, that's good, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got... I don't know if... Uh, is it Stephen? It's uh, Andy, Andy Power is American or, or English, but I've got an English bartender in my head. Uh, I... Maybe I'm being worked, but I hear this guy and i see him as a friendly bartender you're thinking like al murray yeah and he is giving beer to all because we're quite people always send in heels to the crap gimmick roster it feels like a lot of the time and i thought this had potential as a baby face at least at the start and then he goes back like good godfather to good father style goes all right to censor on everyone and then he's like no i'm gonna take your beer away but that would that is also a good gimmick so so it is it is i do like what do you think i also like the idea with the sugar glass i like it being a bottle like but like rather than a beer but beer bottles also works well a bit like james storm i suppose the genius of that though is because you can put liquid inside it so when you're smashing not only do you get the big smash of glass you also get loads of liquid falling everywhere as well it's a, a really nice interesting visual um the there's a, like handing out beers take them away that's all a little bit mixed there's certainly things like taking beers off people i think is certainly uh good and I also like the Jaeger bomb as a mm. uh, as a finishing move. That's that's always really nice. And you can t- you can get away with those sorts of things. At least ECW did. Sandman's finisher was the either the Rolling Rock or the White Russian Leg Sweep. You can get away with these sorts of things. He can that, if he was a babyface. He could also if the heel has a manager or a crony at ringside. He could properly get them by the scruff of the neck and throw them out. Yes. Yeah. I and I, I like the. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of bartenders. I can mm. I can visualize. Again, I kind of went with the Al Murray. That was the uh, person that came into my mind. So I I like Barney Tender, the barman. I Barney like Tender. Barney Tender, but he's not perfect for me. Mm. Like if we had a, an NXT for crap gimmicks, <laughs> I'll poop him in there. Poop him. I'll poop him in there. Uh, so I it's I'm, it's good, Andy, but it's. We've got a high level of crap. So, we uh, so have I'm, got... I'm going to say no to all three for I was going to say Barney Tender, Aurora Rose, and Maximum Break. Maximum Break, I thought, had the most potential, but it, it, it petered out towards the end. Mm. I um I thought of a, a crap gimmick of my own this week um, that you can re- I haven't really fleshed out. It actually came off the back of um, Gorilla Position. It was a joke that they were sort of making, and I tried to flesh out a little bit more, which is a tag team called Friends with Benefits. Uh-huh. But the manager is called Benefits. That's good, and they're just—they think they're friends. Like it's—it's it's a double entendre. Well, can we can we look forward to that next week? <laughs> if I've got time. If you've got time, yeah. Just to give you 
a uh, little update, Oliver Davis. Although by the time uh, the next podcast will come out, I think this might have ended. My uh, bidding on a job lot collection of Panini Sega trade cards from Superplay from the 1990s. I had 70 cards in there. I'm still winning the bid. Good grief, I'm happy for you. Yeah, that ends in three days. I, uh, I'm, it does look cool, though. Like, I say that facetiously, but I would like those cards. But then I'll <laughs> buy the cards, look at them for about five minutes, and then be like, oh, okay, that's that's done. Oh, And then, so you like, what you're buying is five minutes of, oh, I've got them. Yep, that's exactly then And then you've doing. just got a storage problem. Yep, I'm going to buy them, I'm going to look at them, and be like, I had these when I was eight. And then I'll be like, that's cool. And then I'm going to put them to the side, pick out the ones that I really like, and I'd like to put them as a... a Sorry, you tell me to move my mic. Yes, I am. Yes, you keep breathing. I don't know how how many more signals of I'm I'm actually moving my mic up can I do? <laughs> and then you have to stop and ask me. It's a, it's a professional round. <laughs> um, yeah, I will. I'll pick out my favorite ones and maybe I'll do them in a little frame thing. And I know my wife is listening to this and she will love me saying that because I've got a lot of stuff that I want to get framed to put up in my office. And it's too much stuff to be framed and put up in my <laughs> office. There's no space for it. Hey, there's there's rumblings, Swaft Nation. You'll be the first uh, to hear this. Well, after Swafters. Oh, actually, um, yeah, I'm Pod Swafters. Pod yeah. Swafters of a new studio. <gasps> a much needed move for our little operation here. So maybe I can put them there. Oh, well, yeah, you could bring them along. Bring them along. We'll yeah. look at them together. That's another five minutes right there. I see if this place happens, it's still. Very, very shaky uh, and a long way off. But that's an extension of our bedrooms. That's what I see. It's mm. like we are moving it. We are stepbrothers. We're moving in together. It's like we're getting a place together and we're going to decorate it however the F we want. Yeah. And, just, and then just bounce around going so many activities. Yep. Yep. going to have like a, I don't know, a dance man in the corner. Yeah. Some guitars. An arcade machine. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, love it. Um, actually, did you see the news that Will Farrell is doing a film with Netflix around the Eurovision Song Contest? Oh my god, that's fantastic. Isn't it great? Because he's got a good voice. He's got a good set of lungs on him. He certainly has. Man, I could I mean there's so much other movie news I wanted to talk to you about. You see that apparently um, Star uh, Disney Lucasfilm rather are cancelling all other Star Wars plans they have with the exception of episode nine. They're putting everything on hold. Well, what else did they have? Well, the um, they had the Rian Johnson spin-off trilogy. Yes, they had that Simon Kimberg thing that was never going to get made. And James Mangold had signed on to do the Boba Fett movie. Right, and there was always those rumours of the uh, the Obi Wan solo movie as well. I think Kimberg and Lo uh, Mangold was would probably end up being the same thing. Yeah, and um, but the Obi Wan John stuff, yeah. Favreau's um, series that he was. Doing oh, that well. was a TV thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like they've they've completely jump the shark on it i can't believe we've even gotten to this point that they only managed to do one pretty good piece of fan service and then it's completely fallen off the rails and the best star wars movie ever made yeah yeah i mean that's pretty much what they've done i think they made an error in releasing solo four months after uh, last jedi blew everyone's minds being so awesome and like uh, like i felt like two weeks after infinity war like what do they think was going to happen Fake news. You can say you enjoyed it, but you can't say everyone enjoyed it. I'm saying it blew everyone's mind so much, some people think they didn't like it. Oh, That's wow. all I'm saying wow. about the film. That's how good that film is. So, right, um, shall we open up our door a little bit and walk over in to Poetry Corner? La 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 la. La 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 la. Poetry it's, Corner. It's what we said in the lost outro that 
we are not sure if this is a segment that people like because no one has said that they like it. It's no one's favourite segment as of now, but we love it. Well, people are sending in poems. People like it enough to send in prose but that rhymes. There are not that many people who have sent in going like, I'm not a poetry writer, but I love hearing you talk about poetry and read poetry out on air. And who would have thought? I bet you we are the only wrestling podcast that has a poetry corner. Ah, uh, you, you, why do you even say that? Of course there's another one out there. No, it's probably no, got a isn't. really witty name. <laughs> it's the internet. Everything's been done. No, isn't it? Every other podcast just then going, terrible. Every possible combination of ideas has already been done on the internet. Just give up. <laughs> just give up. Everyone. Just go home, <laughs> plug in the switch, play Mario Kart. Uh, right, so this email comes in from Chris Smith, uh, who writes, he just sent this directly to you, but you forwarded it on to me. Hi, Ollie. I'd like to submit my own wrestling-themed poem for you and Luke to analyse. I'm not a fan of poetry myself, and I only wrote this to get one up to... <clears throat> Try that again. You've actually already read this email. I know, but and it was on the lost outro. I know, I yeah. know. But uh, it's you're still... Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a fan of poetry myself, and I only wrote this one to get on the show. So don't worry about hurting my feelings if it's crap. However, I have studied creative writing like you, and I can relate to your current desire to study creative writing, punctuation, to your current <laughs> desire to finally write something. I encourage you to write that sci-fi epic you've been carrying around with you because the world needs more stories. Perhaps WrestleTalk Get Better does not have to be limited to just improving yourself physically, but also creatively and emotionally. And that is something we were talking about uh, after NXT TakeOver Chicago. Totally. Talking about it's because we're really into big, uh, really, we're massively into Queer Eye at the moment. So talking about just dressing better feeling better i'm taking so much better care of my beards and my facial hair now since watching queer eye you know that's weird it's weird because i would never have noticed that but since you've told me i do notice it and it does look better yeah it looks fuller it's like one of those things that you don't notice but it actually makes a lot of difference yeah Ooh. totally although that show did make me get a haircut that i now regret <laughs> um <laughs> despite starting off as just two lads chatting about wrestling you've built up an incredible relationship with your audience and if you can inspire even one person to write something or get in shape or whenever you should be very proud anyway here's my poem. Well, i was gonna say emma who submitted a poem on tuesday's episode she said that she's gone to start a well not start but join a writing group yeah so that's that's one everyone if you do anything that is a step i know i just told you to give up if you do anything <laughs> that is a step towards something you really want to do that's a creative outlet or a physical outlet or whatever let us know and we'll cheer you on exactly so do you want to hear chris's poem again? i mean i've already already yeah, yeah. That, but yes the northern lights shine bright tonight and yet the darkness grows we stand together stronger than ever all while hatred flows we burned down the architect and put the big dog down. I've called myself a king before, but my friend wears the crown. So tonight we celebrate the king. I give to him a gift, unaware that this whole time between us is a rift. It's widening beneath me as I begin to shout my love for my best friend, although the countdown clocks run out. He also has a gift to give. It even says my name, but his name too is on the back and in his eyes no shame. He lashes out and beats me down. I can still feel his fist, but as I fall, I tell myself that he just made the list. Bravo, Chris Smith. For someone who doesn't like poetry, mm. it's pretty good. Really good. Of course, 
It is the one of my all-time favourite angles, the Festival of Friendship segment between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. It's written, written from Chris Jericho's point of view. Hearing it a second or third time, or whatever it is now, I the King King doesn't work for me. Mm. Has Chris Jericho ever referred to himself as King? King of the world. Really? Yeah. That was his. That was his gimmick in like two. It was like a, one of his fuzzy things. He had a fuzzy song called "The King of My World." Mm. So I think that might be what it's a reference to. Maybe that's my fault then, because I hear King in the context of wrestling, and my mind just goes to Triple H, and especially <laughs> Not with Jerry Lawler, yeah, and that guy, <laughs> uh, and especially with all the Seth Rollins stuff that's in there, it's it's hard not to get bogged down in that. But everything else, like, really thematically works. The mm. countdown clocks look really good. nice, yeah. Yeah, the lights. It's funny as well, because when he was talking about the architect and the big dog, my mind was like, well, Dean Ambrose then? Mm. But I was like, but how does this tie in? And then I thought, is it the moment when Seth turned on the shield? But as it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. You reveal more, you find out more. It's good work. Yeah, and it just reveals as that awful period of Raw in <laughs> December 2016, when it was just Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Chris Jericho, and Kevin Owens again and again and a bloody gen oh, it was a wonderful time for you wasn't oh it? i hated it <laughs> i hate if i wasn't if it wasn't my job i would have stopped watching yeah i mean i completely agree with you someone actually said this you know when i said uh, in the money in the bank review that the big casting was just a waste of our time and like because he lost again i was like i my time has been wasted all of our time has been wasted because we spent time watching it i spent time writing about it we spent time talking about it you've all spent time watching it and listening it and all of that time was wasted someone in the comments pointed out like none of your time has been wasted that's your job yeah but you can waste time at a job Uh, imagine like a boss who gives you this whole project and you put loads of work in and they just go yeah we're not going to do that anymore it's a waste of time that's that's definitely a waste of someone's time i completely agree so anyway that is all and we've gone quite long on this uh intro and outro making up for lost time i suppose even though it's basically the same one we did yesterday (laughs) Um, but we will reopen poetry corner if you hate poetry corner let us know i mean we're going to ignore you because we like doing it write a poem about how much you hate it (laughs) i am waiting for real dan's dan to send in his poem oh yeah because i know he's working on one he must be working on one he enters every single thing we do he must be working on one yeah looking forward to it real dan's dan so that is all we've got time for today. I've been waiting for you to do the sign-up because usually you're the one who calls time on things. Well, yeah, I thought you were wrapping up anyway, but we'll see you on Tuesday. Yes, see so you on Tuesday. The ju- Raw. Yes, we'll see you for the Raw review on Tuesday. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Let us know. Email in luke at wrestletalk.com. Get in touch with us for your correspondence. But until then, I love you. Goodbye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.